Good afternoon, sports world. What is good? Chris Dell here, your host from the Family Feud Sports Podcast. Welcome to our NCAA Weekly Insider Podcast episode powered by Go Baller Media. Sitting here with none other than my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former NCAA and NFL beat writer, diving in to the hottest takes and biggest news stories of the week in the college football landscape. Without further ado, we're going to be jumping into today the Godfather's gripe, his hot take of the week. We're going to be talking about your coach's hot seat, your top four rankings, let's say our top four rankings, Heisman Watch, biggest games to look for in week three, and a few other college football goodies. Without further ado, Mr. Allendale, let me ask you, what's your hot take or what are you burning on this week? What is, what is the godfather's gripe of the week that you'd like to discuss to start this podcast? Well, when I was looking at Forbes' top most valuable college football teams, they list uh, the revenue and then obviously the money spent and then what's their profit. But here's my – in the top three teams in profit – Texas A&M, Texas, and Michigan are not exactly uh, tearing up the football landscape, at least not right now. Alabama's fourth, Ohio State's fifth. So, obviously, it's, it's working for them. But here's my question. Does this include under-the-table money? What about money that the boosters are play, paying? Who is, who is keeping track of that, and would that change the top ten? And I would say absolutely would change the top ten. But, of course, we're not going to get into that because nobody cheats in college football. Nobody pays under the table. Nobody buys players' cars and gets their parents' jobs, goodies, and so forth. Especially so, not Nick Saban in Alabama, I'm right? Not, I'm not saying that. Those Alabama. guys don't do, don't do any of that stuff that you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So, again, uh, take it for what it's worth. That's, that's over-the-table money. We don't have under-the-table unless someone wants to get down and – uh, yeah, on the Southeastern Conference, some of those campuses. But based on over-the-table money, Texas A&M is number one with a profit of $107 million. And in the state of Florida, uh, the Florida Gators, they, bring out, they round out the top ten with a profit of $67 million. But I thought it was interesting that Texas A&M, Texas, and Michigan are not the top of the heap when it comes to football programs, but Alabama and Ohio State, four and five are, and maybe someone would say something about uh, they have a good channel of money uh, going there. Well, it's, it's, well, just to jump in real quick, Texas A&M surprises me because, I mean, yeah, they had Johnny Manziel. Is that a, a, a due effect of him being in that program and ha having such a high-profile college name and now obviously having the, the big-time coach there in Jimbo Fisher? Yeah, that, that was the, the general consensus that when Johnny Manziel came, it really boosted up attendance and so forth. And they also added 20,000 students. They have over 60,000 students. Uh, they had 40,000 not too long ago, so that helps too. So, so even though the state of Texas itself hasn't had many national titles to speak of, at least in the last decade, everything's bigger in Texas. It seems like Texas and Florida are still the powerhouse states yeah. when it comes to football, right? High school football, college football, yeah. or, do, or do you think – are you surprised Alabama's not as high on the list, no, assuming they're such a dominant force in, in college football right now? Well, they, they turned a profit of $59 million. They have a lot of facilities. They – they uh, they built, but of course, as I'm saying, we don't know what's going on under the table, booster money, and so forth. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Florida football. In the state of Florida right now, football, college football couldn't be any worse, especially when you're talking about the big names, Florida, Florida State. Uh, 
They are not very good right now. According, Of course, Florida finally lost to Kentucky last week. Florida State barely beat Sanford. And Miami lost its opener, and then they steamrolled Savannah State. So, How about the two powerhouses of college football in Florida, USF and UCF, baby? Well, you University know, of South Florida Bulls, big win over Georgia Tech, huh? Repping yeah. my alma mater here. Go Bulls, baby. Doing yeah, fine without good. Willie Taggart in there. That was good for them. Uh, UCF, I mean, uh, they're not national champs, as they claim. But, it, you know, to their credit, that they were denied a chance to play in that Final Four, which is ridiculous. If there was a Final Eight, they would have been in there. And, you know, they, they, deserve, they deserve the opportunity to compete. If there was a Final Six, would they have been in there? Uh, that's very interesting. You got Because you got, that's what they're talking about going to, right? I think it's going to be eight. I hope and, it's well, eight. Well, if it's six, then two teams are going to get a bye, and that's really going to be unfair. Well, that means Alabama, Alabama's going to get a bye every time. That's what you're yeah. saying right there. Well, but, Nick Saban won another championship last year, but he got a second chance that that – didn't happen not that long ago until they went to this format. Um, well, t talking about the, you I know, mean, play. Yeah, you know, just saying Bear Bryant never had that second opportunity. Right, so we're looking at a scenario where maybe none of the Florida teams are even competing for the top four playoffs this year in college football. Out of those teams, your boy Willie Taggart, former Bradenton native, or let's say Bradenton native, former player in Bradenton where we're recording this podcast from right now here in beautiful sunny southwest Florida family feud sports sports podcast powered by go baller media our weekly NCAA insider podcast episode with the godfather Mr. Alan Dell I'm your host Chris Dell the mad journalist and let's jump into the rankings for the week talking about some of those Florida schools which are starting to fall out of the picture UCF right now is the top ranked Florida school sitting there at 2-0 number 18 uh, Miami 1-1, one one, they bounced back after their embarrassing week one loss to LSU. So Miami, Kane sitting at 21. Uh, you got the Gators dropping from the rankings this past week. South Florida receiving three votes in the AP poll. Florida State getting one vote, so barely any love for those two schools. South Florida, uh, a lot more votes in the coaches poll, 27 yeah, votes outside the top the, 25. Yeah, the coaches try to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, so. right. So, so let's basically saying that UCF is still on track to be the best program in the state of Florida this year uh, again, which is, you know, their, their head coach, obviously, Scott Frost, leaving for Nebraska. They seem to be doing just fine right now, even though it is early. Uh, but looking at the top four uh, across the board, same in the AP and the coaches poll, when you look at really the top uh, – you don't really see this often, but the top nine teams are exactly the same. When you look at the AP Top 25 and the coaches poll, Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia are the top three. Ohio State, number four. And then five, six, seven, you got Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Auburn, and Notre Dame and Stanford. Uh, you know, the, the, the fancy schools, let's call them, at eight and nine. I like, yeah, I like Stanford. Got to like them. Uh, they're always, to me, an overlooked program with a lot of talent. Obviously, your, your boy Bryce Love in there. He didn't have a good week one, but, you know, still a strong Heisman candidate for the and rest of the season. Out, out this Saturday because of an injury, undisclosed. But here's my thing with the, with the top ten is that Auburn is the only school with a top ten win under their belt. And why are they, why are they not getting the love sitting there at number seven? And they've got, we'll get into our biggest, game, biggest games to look out for. Obviously, the big game of the week. Well, besides Ohio State, TCU is LSU, Auburn. You know, number twelve LSU playing at number seven Auburn. We've been there in the past at Jordan Hare Stadium. I mean, that that atmosphere is, is second to none, one of the top in the country. But uh, I'd be surprised if Auburn beats LSU at number twelve and having beat Washington, which was a top ten team in week one, 
you know, they they need to be in the top four at least, if not number one or two. You should be well, you should be judged based off your schedule, right? Obviously, Alabama's not, but yeah. what what is your, what is your top four rankings, and, and and what are your thoughts on that? What I just said is that the, if Auburn gets another top fifteen win two top 15 wins in their first three weeks, where should they be after this is all said and done? Well, my top three are Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Now, that four spot could go to a lot of different people. I'll go with Oklahoma right now, but that could change. If Auburn beats LSU, I'd say they deserve to be in the – and Ed Orgeron is – he'll be back on the hot seat in everybody's mind, even though he he's not on my hot seat for, for lack of coaching, but – for the fan base, he's going to be on a lot of people's hot seat. Well, what's your gripe with Georgia? How come you don't have them? Because they're they're the number three in both the coaches' poll and the AP well, Top 25 poll. Too early. They lost a lot of players. Let's see what happens. It's a little bit early for yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Well, we, watching their running backs in the NFL now with Sony Michelle in New England might be the starting running back for them this year sooner rather than later. And Nick Chubb, same situation in Cleveland, uh, looked pretty good in Week One over there. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think I think the top four, to me, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again, all all SEC. I'll go with all SEC, all SEC Final Four playoff this year as it stands right now. Ala- Clemson? Alabama, Clemson. I'm sorry, AC, ACC. I'm going with three out of the four schools, ACC, uh, SEC teams, with Clemson in there as the lone ACC team. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Auburn. Those are my top four teams. Right now, Auburn's not getting enough love in, in either of those polls, in my opinion. Get it this Ohio State, they, they, need to, they need to win some bigger games, and obviously with Alabama too. You know, their, their schedule is so soft as it is. Uh, Oklahoma's right up there, I think. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame and Stanford sitting right there with potential to sneak in. You got Penn State at number 10 in the coaches' poll. Washington uh, still in there, even with the one loss. Their season's still not over yet. They could still get in if they win out the rest of the season. Um so I guess moving on from that, we'll talk about going into going into week three real quick and the biggest games. You mentioned LSU at Auburn. Are you more excited about that game or Ohio State versus TCU? Or what are your thoughts on either of those well, two primetime uh, matchups? Know, uh, Ohio State, TCU, I, I got a feeling Ohio State's going to roll. So for, for sheer excitement, close game, I'm going to say LSU and Auburn. And then there's the if Auburn wins, the, what's going to happen to LSU? They have such a tough schedule. They're going to lose quite a few other games. So uh, TCU is capable of beating Ohio State, but well, that'll be something if they do. That'll make a lot of Urban Meyer haters very happy. And this is his last game on the side where he's not on the sidelines. He'll be back next week. Is, is that are they at a disadvantage because of that, or you think that just they sure weren't at a disadvantage? But look who they beat: Oregon State and Rutgers. Are you kidding me? Uh, who had a easier schedule? Maybe Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's their first true test without Urban Meyer on the sideline. It'll only be one week. He'll be back next week. So, yeah. what what about you? Looking at a, the the only thir- the third game between ranked teams, you got number seventeen Boise State at number twenty four Oklahoma State. Um, any any interest in that game right there? Any of those two teams potentially with a sleeper Final Four potential on your radar? Yeah, well, uh, Oklahoma State's a little unknown right now. Boise State and maybe the best out of the group of five the way you USF was group of five number one starting last season and they were replaced by UCF so you like to see one of those teams get in well our South Florida Bulls you used to cover the Bulls I, I went to USF a graduate 2010 alum there 
and USF going on the road to play at Illinois and your boy Lovey Smith, see if the Bulls can, can start out to a 3-0 and uh, record this season. If they start 3-0, I think they'll be in the top 25 next week or maybe right on the cusp of it, but we'll, yeah. we'll see about this that. This is a big game for Lovey Smith because he was flat on the hot seat coming into the season. He's 2-0, and but he hasn't beaten anybody. Uh, if he loses the USF and Charlie Strong, that that's not going to be good for Lovey. Uh, I think USF definitely has the advantage of quarterback with Blake Barnett, who could be the the best of the newcomer transfer quarterbacks this year. So, so we don't know about that. We're talking about coaches, the hot seat, and my my favorite segment of our weekly NCAA Insider podcast on the Family Feud Sports podcast is. The Godfather's hot seat of the week. Your coach's hot seat. Last last week you had a few interesting names to throw out there. Has that changed at all? Is there any new coaches on your hot seat this week? Is Willie the number one on the hot seat? Well, Willie Taggart's on a lot of people's hot seats, but it, it's just too early to get on him. And when he tra- when he took those other jobs at USF, Western Kentucky, I mean, he he took a while to get going. He didn't start. He didn't turn USF around. Until third year, but but Florida State's a different. Florida State, I think, is overrated right now. And let's not forget they were six and six in the regular season last year. But well, he's got the pressure now. Yeah, they're, they're not going to give him three years. No, they won't they're not giving anybody them. three years. But the guy on the hot seat, and I like the guy, uh, Kevin Sumlin. Uh, what happened? I mean, he you know he's a guy that came through with Johnny Manziel at A and M, and now he's at Arizona. He this is what I don't like. This is what Charlie Strong did last year at USF. Kevin Sullivan has changed the entire offense around. So now Khalil Tate, the quarterback who averaged 9.2 carries last year, has now got 22 yards on 15 carries. And my question is, if these coaches are so good and you're, you're coming into a program where you got an established quarterback, why do you change the offense? Charlie Strong changed the offense at USF. And, and Quint, it hurt Quentin Flowers and, and him and the quarterback coach had to go to Charlie and say, what are you doing? So they made some adjustments back. If you're a really good coach, you're coming into a program that has an established quarterback, why do you change the offense? You should change for the quarterback. And, and then when he leaves, you do what you want. Round of applause right there for the, the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, speaking the truth about the USF Bulls, Charlie Strong. They're struggling with Charlie Strong in there, but I'll, I'll refrain from too much USF talk for the sake of this podcast. Uh, I guess uh, how about, how about some, 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 good, some good news or some love for some of the coaches out there in college football? Oh, okay. how, how, about, how about my boy Herm Edwards, right, number 23, right. number 25 in the, in the coaches' poll, 2-0 and to start the season? Not many people were picking that one, huh? Herm Edwards is a love bug. He's been bitten by the love bug. Everybody loves him. They were making fun of him. What a joke. The game passed him by. He hasn't coached a college game in, what, 30, 40 years? And he's two and zero. Oh, okay. He plays to win the game. Yeah. He and plays Herbert to win the Edwards, game. Edwards, that I've been with a few times, he is a really great motivator. I covered some of those all-star high school games. He's a tremendous motivator. Well, that's what you need in college football. You're you're, you're coaching kids. You know, yeah. they, they love, most of these guys most of these guys aren't legal to to buy a, a beer from the bar, and and these are guys that need the motivation. I think that's a crucial part. Of the, of the college football coaching resume. And, and Herm Edwards beating Michigan State, yet Michigan State still ranked ahead of them in the coaches' yeah, poll. How well, about that? Are, you know, they got their <laughs> – yeah, that's not real, that poll. You know, that's, the, like, that's like Twitter. It's not real. It's, it's, it's a fake world. Yeah, you got, you got your Twitter burner account, the godfather out there. Are you, are you reading those tweets out there, man? You need, we need to get you more active on Twitter these days, man. 
Well, you got a lot. Of, we talked about the schedule, and uh, unfortunately, we got a lot of games canceled this weekend due to the current uh, current hurricane hitting the East Coast. Uh, Virginia Tech, number thirteen; West Virginia, number fourteen. UCF was supposed to play at North Carolina. UCF, number eighteen. All three of those schools yeah. not going to be playing this weekend. A couple other smaller schools had to cancel their games. Also, Marshall at South Carolina canceled their game. Uh, so we we got a lot of games yeah. uh, uh, that they're going to have to be. Uh, you know, miss for this week, right? But well, let me say this: uh, West Virginia, Will Greer, the Mountaineers' quarterback, is still number one on my Heisman list. So you mentioned Will Greer as your top Heisman candidate. You also mentioned him last week for the West Virginia Mountaineers. Former Florida Gator, transferred over to West Virginia, and uh, one heck of a talent. I guess the one question I ask for you about Will Greer is: is despite being a Heisman candidate, is this guy an NFL candidate to be a yeah, quarterback one day? Some people were saying he'll be the number one pick uh, next year in the draft. So. Okay, so, so that means the Bills might be taking him, huh? Going zero sixteen this year, Josh maybe Allen. The, maybe the Giants, huh? Maybe the Giants, maybe the Arizona Cardinals. There are quite a few teams, but. Cardinals and Bills both have already taken quarterbacks this past year in the first round. But I digress. Back into some college football talk. Give me two other names to round out your Heisman watch, your top three Heisman candidates. you got to have Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin running back. He leads the nation in rushing 398 yards. He's five TDs, and he's averaging 7.8 yards per carry. Uh, Ooh, that's not, a lot. That's number that's one. That's a lot. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm, the next guy I'm not going to say he's not a traditional name, but I'm going to put him in as my sleeper. Gardner Minshaw, Washington State quarterback, transferred from East Carolina. He's an under-the-radar guy, but his name needs to be mentioned, especially when he's playing for the Mad Hatter, Mike Leach, the coach at Washington State. I mean, so far this year he's 72 for 108. Uh, 67%, 6 TDs, 733 yards. So I'm going to, you know, give a little love to an unknown, unknown guy flying under the radar. You never know what can happen, especially in that crazy offense where they throw the ball 60, 70 times a game. High-powered offense, to say the least. At Washington State, I'd say they need to get into the rankings somewhat to have a legitimate Heisman contender on the roster. For any team, I think you need to be at least a top 25 school consistently throughout the season, but – Washington State give, getting votes in both the coaches and the AP poll, so give it to him there. Mike Leach yeah. obviously knows how to put up points, and stat padding is often a, a, a prerequisite of a Heisman candidates, so, yeah. to say the least. So, I, okay, I, li I like that, your sleeper pick right there. And we're going to move on to a, a new segment, which is going to be probably my second favorite segment of our NCAA Insider podcast episode is – your biggest bum of the week, wow. week one of the college football. I'm sorry, week two of the college football season, and we're going into week three now. Who is your biggest bum of the week for week two? You know, I, I hate to call a college player a bum. And that's kind of unfair, but since we're doing this by order We're just of, having some fun here. Okay. Uh, the guy, the most disappointing player to me uh, last year, last week is Ricky Aguayo, the kicker for Florida State. He's now one for four on field goal attempts. And here's the disturbing thing about Aguayo. Remember his older brother that kicked for FSU? The Bucks draft traded up to pick him in the second round it's Roberto Roberto and, Aguayo and it's still considered one of the worst moves in the history of the NFL draft he was a total bust I don't know if there's something going on with their DNA and they can't handle pressure but uh Taggart he needs to find himself another kicker if this guy doesn't straighten out and his older brother never straightened out 
Again, the he, he got he got cut from the Chargers just a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. He, he he was competing for the backup kicker job over I there. Mean, maybe that family just can't handle pressure. Maybe they should <laughs> enter a chess tournament taking, or something like taking that. Taking shots, the Godfather. What? Taking shots at the kicker's family. Well, I just want to say, I mean, that again, that was uh, Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks. He, he was an idiot for uh, picking him and trading up to pick him second. So, so Aguayo is your Willie Taggart scapegoat, huh? He, well, so, Willie, Willie Taggart's not your biggest bum of the week. You're well, blaming it on the kicker, man. Come on now. Well, the kicker, you, if he would have made that field goal last week, it would have made um, things a lot easier. Who did Florida State barely beat? Elon? No, no, Sanford, same thing, same difference, yeah, whatever. Let me throw this in there. I, that's my sleep. Kelvin McKnight, who went to Manatee High, the same high school that produced Willie Taggart. He Taggart won a state championship and won a two state title games in a row. Powerhouse, powerhouse high school football program. Absolutely a powerhouse, at least when uh, Joe Canan was there. But McKnight almost beat uh, Florida State single-handedly last week. He caught 14 passes for 215 yards and two TDs, and Ooh. I remember him in high school, and he was a stud, and he never got any offers from any so-called big-time college program. Why do you think that is? He was, he's not a big guy. He was 5'8", but he was fast as lightning. And Willie was – Willie, I don't know if Willie recruited him. He was at USF then. Uh, so, so I mean, how, how about uh, just to wrap it up here, any upset alerts, any things to watch out for on your radar this weekend? We talked about the big games between ranked well, teams. Well, what, what, are you look, what are you looking forward to most personally, the godfather week three of well, college football? I don't football? even call this an upset, but it baffles me that Florida State is going to Syracuse and they're the favorite Florida State. I think they'll be lucky to come out of there with a win. That's the, so, you know, Syracuse has a good quarterback in Dungey, so – now, that's an easy one. TCU, you want to you wanna take a chance. Uh, you get 13 points. Uh, take in Ohio State. I would take TCU in 13. Yeah. I mean, I, I think – I mean, going back to Syracuse, I, I would pick them. I don't know why they're not considered the favorite in that game. As you said – Well, it's Florida, the Florida State mystique, you know. Yeah, well, that's what, it's all based off the name power right now. And, and FSU, if they would have lost this past week to Sanford, which they almost did, then that, that would have put them in, in that position where they might not be favored by at least Vegas in the line to win this week. And, and how about just wrapping it up with, with some homer talk, the, the USF, South Florida Bulls, go Bulls, baby – Blake Barnett, former Alabama quarterback, five-star recruit, uh, was benched, you said, in less than one quarter of play for Jalen Hearns a few years back. Hurts, Jalen Hurts. And now the starting quarterback for USF had uh, one heck of a game last, last week in week two against Georgia Tech on the season right now, 69% completion percentage, five touchdowns, one interception. And not to mention, they had a guy named Terrence Horn return two oh, kickoff returns for touchdowns. That guy's an absolute burner. And uh, Blake Barnett leading the Bulls in rushing on the season, 122 yards overall. So uh, Blake Barnett may, may be a, a, a guy you could call comeback player of the year this season. And, you know, off to a good start so far, huh? Yeah, you don't want to get too excited after only a couple of games, but uh... – Hey, man, these days we, we need all that we can get excited for. We need as much positivity as possible for those South Florida Bulls. But let, let's let's end the podcast on, on a positive note, sticking to USF, baby, going for 3-0 and this weekend against Lovey Smith and the fighting the, – the fighting – what am I saying? Am I saying that right? Yeah, and they're, playing, they're playing at Historic Soldier Field in Chicago. So. Sounds, it sounds weird saying a line, fighting Illini. Okay, let's say that five times fast, but – 
All right, so we're going to wrap it up here on our NCAA Insider Podcast. This is the Family Feud Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. I'm always with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former NCAA and NFL sports writer covering the Tampa Bay Bucks, USF Bulls, and pretty much college football throughout the state of Florida. Mr. Alan, De- Mr. Alan Dell, do you have any parting words for our audience and our listeners here? Willie Taggart, watch your back. <laughs> Willie Taggart, watch. That's your boy right there, man. You got you gonna text him after we get off here? Or I may, I may give him a call. Shoot him a text. You know, send him a little heart emoji. Let him know that he still got support down he here in Southwest worry about Florida. That. It's one thing I, I, I know about him. He doesn't worry about all the criticism. So he. All right. Well, obviously wants to win. So Willie Taggart, Mr. Allendell, the Godfather, still loves you, but he says, "Watch your back. You don't want the horse head in your bed, Willie." That's going to wrap it up here. Our NCAA Insider Podcast, Family Feud Sports, powered by Go Baller Media. You can catch us on social media on Instagram, on Twitter at Go Baller Media. We'll be back tomorrow with our first NFL Quick Picks podcast episode of the season, where we pick every game against the spread in rapid-fire fashion. Last week, we did our divisional picks for the NFL, so this will be our first time this season doing our NFL quick picks. We appreciate you tuning in. appreciate your ear. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. Peace out.
ask something, Miss Ernie, because I ain't never asked Kentucky. What is it that you love about me? You tall, you bald, rich, you dress well, you're funny, you're standing next to me, you're cute, everything. We asked 100 men, name a part of your body that's bigger than it was when you were 16. Your penis. 